forward. Hello, everybody. We are back with another exhilarating podcast for you here today. I am Marshall Stovall. We got here with me my co-host, Omar Rashan Sotopab Borja. Today, we got some pretty interesting topics for you. This might be on the shorter end of our podcast, but, you know, it's better short and sweet than, you know, quality over quantity kind of thing, all right? So what we're going to be talking about today, Omar, have you ever been on a tropical vacation? Uh, I, well, Jamaica, actually. I went to Jamaica the summer of my, uh, summer after first grade or before, yeah, summer after first grade, I went to Jamaica. Okay, okay. And you liked it, I imagine, right? No, I loved it. I want to go back. Everybody loves a tropical vacation. What is the only place in the U.S., I believe, that is within the equator line? Florida, Hawaii, either one of those. Hawaii. You know who loves Hawaii? FCS schools. Wait, everybody loves Hawaii, but specifically FCS schools love Hawaii. Omar, maybe you want to explain that one a little bit for us. Yeah, so um, let's see. So just doing some web surfing like I usually do um, in, in this down bad phase. <laughs> um, just looking at FB schedules, and I came across uh, Hawaii. I, I like to look at Hawaii's non-conference schedules because it's always interesting who they bring to the island, especially to who they're going to bring, given that the Aloha, Bowl, the Aloha Stadium um, will not, will not, will not be functional for the next few years or possibly ever. Um, and I found that an interesting trend where you have Duquesne visiting in 2022 out of the Northeast conference. And we'll, we'll talk about these schools a little bit more because for, uh, for casual fans, those might not be household names unless, uh, you like, you know, the history of college football, <laughs> um, Albany in, uh, 2023 will come to visit, uh, the, the 50th state. And then in 2028, a game that was supposed to happen this year, well, 2020 before the pandemic happened, Fordham is going to visit Hawaii in 2028. And I'll say, if I am still single by 2028, or if uh, I ju I'm just married, looks like the honeymoon, or I'm just going to take a single man's trip to Hawaii for Hawaii versus Fordham, because I love me some Patriot League football. Got a, got a boys trip in the works for 2028? Yeah, maybe a boys trip. Um, again, like I said, if I'm married, may maybe not. I might have to hold off on having kids until after 2028. Maybe it's a family trip. Maybe a family trip. Those are expensive. That that's quite expensive. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> they'll have to ask, uh, "Why are we going to Hawaii in uh, the second week of, or, or during Labor Day weekend?" And I'll say, "Stop asking questions." <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just an interesting phenomenon, especially considering like um, that these schools for paycheck, like they they don't generally go far for paycheck games. Like FCS teams generally don't go far distances for paycheck games, um, especially like Duquesne. They, this is their second visit. Uh, this would be their second visit since 2018, and I remember seeing in Phil Steele's um, football college football preview, which is very great, a very probably the most comprehensive look at the at each college football season beforehand. It was their first trip uh, since west of the Rocky Mountains since uh, tw since 1947, the, the 2018 game against Hawaii. So why start now, you ask? And I, I want to ask Marshall too. This I guess to uh, kick off the discussion. Do you think this gives a recruiting edge to these? Uh, Northeastern FCS schools, just like these one-off trips to Hawaii, like these temporary boosts? You know what? I think if you could make it somewhat recurring, I would say yes. I'd say it's difficult to say, like, say you're a coach recruiting, you know, at Fordham, you're not going to tell some recruit now, yeah, in 2028, we're going to be playing in Hawaii. You know, it's like, unless, you know, that's kind of like a, a normal thing, right? Maybe you're like, oh, every two years we go to Hawaii, you know, we'll get some cool trips in there. And if it's between, you know, Fordham, I think you said it best, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago? You were like, yeah, if like, you know, if, you, if you're a recruit in what Pennsylvania and Pitt doesn't want anything to do with you and West Virginia doesn't want anything to do with you, what are you going to, what's going to sway you? Maybe that little trip will sway you to one FCS over the other or one D2 over the other, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, so I think 
but it's got to be somewhat regular. It's going to be hard to say, yeah, in the, the last, you know, in our, in the last game of our senior year, we're going to be in Hawaii. It's like, okay, that's like four years out. That's a little bit long. Like maybe if there's some other incremental, you know, factors at play, those could overpower, you know, one big trip at the end. Like, I don't, like, I think that, I think that could be true. Like if you had maybe a little better facilities, another school would be swayed over that. But if you're going to Hawaii, you know, once every two years, maybe regularly, or maybe like you're going to some different tropical locations, maybe you're playing a game, a kickoff game in the Bahamas one year, maybe then you're playing in Hawaii the next year, maybe then, you know, you know, something like that. Like, if it's a little bit regular, I can see it. I can see it swaying people. I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. It just gets expensive to going to Hawaii, like every few years. Like I'm not even sure why Duquesne is doing it uh, after they did in 2018 while they're returning four years, but I mean, it should be cool. Nonetheless. Um, if you look at Duquesne, take a first look at the Dukes. Like they have been scheduling very aggressively, like in the past month, um, they added Ohio, like a very a regional opponent, but still an F- FBS opponent. Uh, last week, I believe they added TCU a trip to Texas, um, okay. which is an easy trip to make and not exactly like what we're talking about in terms of tropical, but um, very recently this week, uh, Duquesne went or they scheduled a game against Florida State in week zero um, to go down to Tallahassee. So in 2022, they'll be visiting Tallahassee and um, Hawaii in the span of a month, in the span of like three weeks even. Um, so maybe there's like a little like bit of recurrence right there. But I think maybe more, I think it um, sort of brings like the fans into it a little bit more because these teams, like, especially like the Northeast Conference, they don't really have like general, generally like big followings. And I'm not going to say it because it's an FCS, like, because uh, it's FCS, you, um, they don't have followings there. I'm not going to say that because there are teams with great followings. Went to um, a North Dakota State game at Target Field Labor Day weekend and stadium was almost full. Like they crossed state lines to fill that stadium. Like, so are, there are FCS teams with huge fan bases like uh, North Dakota State, James Madison, but that's like the exception and not really the norm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, you know what, now that I think about it more, I think if you can perhaps promise to your recruits that you'll be playing in the biggest stadiums, that could be a draw. Because I'm like thinking back to it now, like, you know, you start scrolling through maybe some different athletes like Instagram pages, right? You're looking at a smaller school, where are these athletes always posting? They're always posting and flexing up when they get to these bigger school stadiums, right? I mean, nothing wrong with that at all. Like, I'm just saying it's, it's kind of true. And so it's like, there is definitely an enjoyment factor. Like maybe you're a coach, you're sitting in someone's living room and you can say, yeah, you know, next year you'll be able to play at Brian Denny Stadium. You're afterwards, we're going to go play Notre Dame. You're after that, we're going to go play in Hawaii, right? And so it's like, if you get cool locations to go to, I think that may be able to tip the scale. Because if you're getting exposure on a bigger scale like that, that's going to be one what the recruits want. They want something a little bit of exposure, right? And there's definitely going to be scouts at an Alabama game, you know, at a Georgia game, at any real SEC, Big 12. Like with those big programs, you know, they pull the scouts. You're going to get some exposure. Uh, so that could definitely be a little bit of a selling point, I think. Yeah, so I mean, just looking at, I guess, these individual cases as well, just like the sort of like the context with uh, that each team resides in currently. And I forgot to mention this one earlier, but also Colgate scheduled a game at Stanford. Um for 2022 Labor Day weekend, uh, which is it's, it's oh, random because you you have opposite ends. You may pull that. You may pull that mic a little bit. Oh, little sorry. Bit. Yeah, forgot. Yeah. So that was same before. Like I forgot to mention Colgate in uh, 2022 scheduling a game against Stanford um, on Labor Day weekend. So you have like two opposite ends of the spectrum. High upstate New York going all the way to um, Silicon Valley for Labor Day weekend when the weather is still arguably nice as it is year round there. So, but the context that these schools reside in, like you look at Duquesne in the Northeast conference, like that's all, like, they're definitely a basketball school because they're, they're the rest of their Olympic sports. 
residing the Atlantic 10, which is a constantly a multi-bid conference. In 2014, I think they had six bids out of 14 teams go to the NCAA tournament, which is like, that's like the gold standard for the Atlantic 10. Um, that's the gold standard for any conference. Any mid-major, like, like for me, like I see that and I'm calling, I've been calling the Atlantic 10 the poor man's biggies because um, like, you know, just being up here on a weekend, am I going to spend 35 bucks to go to St. John's and Madison Square Garden? Or am I going to go, or am I going to spend 10 bucks? to go to a Fordham game at the historic Rose Hill gym. I, I chose Fordham on a couple of occasions and it's not a bad environment. It's very, it's a very historical environment and very, uh, you know, kind of reverent. So poor man's big East, but I, I digress. Um, <laughs> Duquesne living in the, in the Northeast conference for a college for football. So the Northeast conference hadn't had a uh, playoff bid until 2010 and they had been a football conference since 96 a division one AA conference since 96 and that so there's 14 years where they didn't have a playoff bid which kind of shows how um football is regarding that conference and sort of that reputation that it has and no one's really made a deep run in the playoffs you have the occasional team winning the first round beating a patriot league team but no one really makes deep runs out of that conference so you can't really like say hey we're gonna do huge things out of the uh, northeast conference for like a school like duquesne you look at the patriot league uh some like a conference we looked back at a couple weeks ago how they have a constant problem in terms of stacking up nationally where it's, there's a lot of parity. Anyone can realistically win the league every year, but for every year that there's a team like the 2018 Colgate team uh, where this shirt came from, actually the, the Colgate bicentennial, the, the team that allowed uh, only 35 points against F against FCS opponents that, um, that won their first round game. There's teams like 2017, uh, I think it was Lehigh that go five and six and make the playoffs or, you know, middling teams. So, Again, you can't really make that promise. You can say like, oh, you'll get a, an outstanding education at Colgate, uh, the College of the Holy Cross in the Seven Hills of Worcester, Massachusetts. Sorry, I had to put that in there. Uh, but you can't really say like, okay, you know, we're going to make like deep runs in the playoffs and um, you're going to be playing elite competition. Going on to Al Albany, you could say that. But then again, uh, the, the CAA, if the Missouri Valley Conference is the SEC of FCS football, the CAA is like the Big Ten where um, there's a lot of parity every year. Um, but you have like James Madison is like the Ohio State where North Dakota State's Alabama, the Ohio State at FCS. And there's also a bunch of teams that are very competitive, like Maine made a, made a run to the semifinals in 2018. Um, New Hampshire's been very competitive. Albany's a late bloomer to the CAA. So maybe that boost kind of helps them out. But I think in all factors here, even with Colgate, Fordham, Albany, and Duquesne, that mm -hmm. trip to like Hawaii, that trip to Silicon Valley might be able to win some recruiting battles even if it's just a little bit occasionally, maybe like um, for, you know, maybe a couple of recruits a year to have these like games in, in very sweet destinations, very good warm weather destinations. Yeah, that's actually, that's a very good point. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll just, we'll just have to see uh, how recruiting comes along. But I will say I have the window pulled up. I remember sitting down, as I mentioned earlier in Rose Hill gym, watching Fordham lose yet another game in basketball to duquesne i think it was they put up a uh, on the video board they put up an advertisement for the sweet travel package for uh the rams in hawaii where they showed the, the logo the rams logo with a lay on its neck it was, it was very it was very gimmicky but this is a sweet package for the fans like, i think it'll rejuvenate fan interest like to have a package like this so for 165 bucks you could have gotten this if you went to the hawaii trip that would have happened in 2020 a welcome reception at the waikiki beach marriott on wednesday september 9th a Pearl Harbor tour at the Pearl Harbor National Museum the next day on Thursday the 10th, 
a private luau at the Diamond Head Luau that same night, a pregame reception at a restaurant on September, on September 12th, game day, and then transportation to or from Pearl Harbor to the pregame reception and then back to the hotel after the game. For 165 bucks, of course, like, uh, airfare would be separately, but I think that that's a sweet deal, and I think that'll get a lot of fans yeah. on board. Yeah, if you ever been anyone that's in Hawaii knows for that luau alone, you could end up paying 160 bucks per person, you know? Like, truly. Yeah, I think, um, honestly, like, if this game would have happened with the luau and everything, there might have been some extramarital entanglements between Fordham old grads and uh, Hawaii local locals. Like, just a bold prediction. What? <laughs> I don't I don't know man like I think I think the I think Fordham I think Fordham University would have gotten some people's marriages in trouble with this travel package some what people would have gotten carried away what are you talking about you're saying you're gonna go to Hawaii on a boys trip and just all, all bets are <laughs> off Hawaii stays in Hawaii what are you going on about there kid Jesus Christ hey I, I you know I'm just saying like think like crazy things happen in Hawaii you know and like people yeah well happen. now I know where your wife's never gonna let you go <laughs> hey that's not true that's not true hey, I'm, as a member, I'm gonna get up there to give a toast and I'm for the toast I'm gonna have on the microphone this podcast and I'm gonna put that right there and say never allow Omar in Hawaii for this reason I'll play that right there as a member of the faithful black man association I will not let that happen never <laughs> Oh my god. It happened to others, but not well, Omar. All bets are off in Hawaii, apparently. So <laughs> hey, I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, it's a possibility though. But um, you know. Uh, well, yeah, is, I mean I guess I guess topic? I can't argue with that with that qualification. I guess, you know. We'll we'll change topics then. We'll change topics. <laughs> so in lieu of the Northeast Conference not having a auto bid to the FCS playoffs until 2010, they did have a bowl game in late November called the gridiron classic played at conference sites and it never really drew well but this in conjunction with me finding um in my free time and probably in the time where i should have been working really finding out that eastern kentucky out of the ohio valley conference had a bowl game of themselves and probably the most uh the most i guess unwatched and low-key bowl game of this year uh they had the opportunity bowl sponsored by the richmond kentucky where the university is by the richmond kentucky board of tourism in honor of a former um, athletics office worker who had passed away due to cancer that went to Western Carolina um, in honor of her. And I thought, you know, that's kind of a good idea, like to have a, like a small cities like tourism sponsor or tourism uh, board sponsor a bowl game for teams that have all right seasons um, or like teams in the Northeast or even like in Montana, the big sky uh, in any one, any place that gets pretty crummy and late in the fall to like have a bowl game at a nice destination and i mean a couple sites i have in mind are like stetson out in florida out in southern florida you know maybe one of the um you know maybe i don't know how flagstaff gets in the in the late november i assume it gets uh, kind of snowy yeah it is pretty cold there yeah okay so so forget forget northern arizona but like uc davis sacramento state there's like a couple of programs that could say hey if we don't make the playoffs let's have this on-campus bowl and invite say like a team like holy cross or a team like Maine down and uh, have their fans have a, have a ball on, on the beach, you know? So, I mean, I want to know your thoughts on, on this idea, Marshall. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like, I think it's like also like super cool that it's like partnered with, with the local government there. Right. It's like a good example of local government making a difference. You know, people talk about it all the time. Like this is the perfect example where football meets, you know, social, like social awareness, as you could say. Um, but I th- no, I think that's a fantastic idea, especially get programs like, like you said, like Holy Cross, and then you get a, a fan like an Omar Rashawn Borja, 
you know, following a Holy Cross because he's from the area, you know. But in all seriousness, no, I, I do think it's a very good idea. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, like, I'm not sure why the uh, FCS, I mean, I get the playoffs are a big deal, but why they don't really, I don't know the process of sanctioning, but I mean, for me, it seems like a slam dunk. And honestly, the opportunity, and honestly, the opportunity bowl um, was, uh, I think it was kind of like a slam dunk in the face of the Ohio Valley Conference choosing for a spring season. Um, I think that's, that's yeah. kind of like what it was. It's like, hey, it's kind of like, you know, in semi-pro with the, the Flint Michigan Mega Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> in the final scene I, I think that's kind of the spirit of what it was but i think uh eastern care in eastern kentucky might have had a accidentally good idea you want to be smart perhaps a city like like a las vegas would want to host some of these games because think about it if you can act if you can like partner these games with i i mean i guess actually no, now that i think about it the ncaa would never let this happen but if you could potentially like have like sponsors of this thing, like, you know, that are gambling related, they could definitely market this too, like within, you know, a Las Vegas kind of network, right? And you can host the game in a warm area, one. Number two, you would get great exposure because if you get like word out that these teams are playing and you can bet on it, I guarantee you, you'll draw eyeballs like everywhere in the country, right? There will be some degenerate somewhere that wants to bet on the over under on this, right? Um, and then three, like you'll get, you know, you'll get the draws because lots of fans would want to go to a Las Vegas, right? I think that could be the perfect destination for a, for a kind of game like this. Maybe you won't play it at, you know, the new Raiders stadium. Maybe you're going to play it at the old UNLV stadium, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's still a great location. And I think all the fans would love, would absolutely love it to, you know, be able to go to Las Vegas, be able to go down to the casinos on the, on the weekend, right? When they're not watching the game, that'd be cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, and I think the the one obstacle you mentioned, uh, the NCAA, I'm not sure if they'd sponsor an event that, that becomes bigger than, you know, their own playoffs that they sanction. But I think definitely, like, in terms of, like, the new gambling thing, like, if there's football on TV and there's football happening, even these FCS lines happening, which uh, I'm currently getting victimized by the James Madison Dukes. <laughs> um, <laughs> by that 40-point line, uh, I'm getting victimized. Good thing I only put five bucks on it for some, for some beer money. But... Yeah, no, if you, you put betting like betting games out there, games to bet on, excuse me, then I think the fans will come. It's like if you if you build a line, the fans will come. Like like Field of Dreams. If you build a line, <laughs> um, but I think so. The interesting thing for me is in doing some research, I guess, for this. I don't even think it was research. Again, I think it was just me just getting bored and looking up just like pretty much every unsanctioned bowl that's like happening. As NCAA has a, a section in their record book for these bowl, every unsanctioned random bowl that's occurred, like some of them, including like the, the cement bowl, the fish bowl. And uh, I actually have a story the saved. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So the cement bowl, interestingly enough, it was a, uh, it was a bowl game between local teams in Pennsylvania in Allentown in the second week of December. And that went about awesome. as well as you'd think. No one wants to be in, in Pennsylvania in the second week of December. That's why the Liberty bowl moved out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to Memphis. But even then, if you get a smaller town to say like, Hey, come visit this random museum when you're here for like the two or three day trip and then come watch again, like come watch your team win a bowl game. Right. Like, I mean, I like, that's, that's what tourism is. That's the essence of tourism, even in small towns. So I don't think it has to be a big city like Las Vegas. It can be like Richmond, Kentucky, or it can be Worcester, Massachusetts with uh, Higgins Armory, a place that I went, that was about 10 minutes away from where I went to school, went to charter school. Um, even even like if you take advantage of historic stadiums, like there's some historic stadiums in FCS, uh, not counting like the Ivy League ones, but some like uh, 
welcome stadium in Dayton, Ohio. It's been around since like the thirties or the forties um, that hosted New Mexico until 20, until 2007, what hosted what was Mexico's last bowl win, the 1961 aviation bowl. Um, oh so <laughs> I do not ask how I'm able to pull that off a recall so quick, but just, just know that it, it happened. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's like, they're going to put this pod, you're going to put that snippet, like the video dudes are down bad, the down bad patrol. They're going to be like, yeah, this dude's down bad. Talking about the <laughs> aviation bowl and the cement bowl. It's like, it's like, you talk about the cement bowl. Why don't you cement yourself in a relationship? Oh, my. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, I think honestly, for me, I, I love football. I was just watching some FCS games last night and today, and I, I'm down for more football, especially bowl games. You know, bowl games are, they, they're what's good about America. You know, it's like, it's capitalism. It's the good, the good sides of the American capitalistic system. Well, I'd, be, I'd be careful saying capitalism is good. That we don't want to alienate. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to alienate myself. The good sides of the American capitalistic system, where you have people buying stuff and helping the local area. You know, I, I do, I do get that there are some bad sides, and I'm not trying to alienate any of our viewers. But <laughs> I will say that that the bowl system brings out the good parts of the capitalist capitalistic system, and it's also just one more chance for athletes to. Um, you know to participate in these games and i think honestly you should pay i think you should pay college athletes to play in bowl games i'm gonna i'm just gonna say it like it's it's a bold take but i think they should do it i think i mean i think it's like a bold take for now i think we're seeing that start to happen honestly and yeah, we're getting the, right? the NCAA video game yeah and i think they're like they're like thinking that'll coincide with you know college athletes getting paid here in the next few years so i don't, I don't think it's really that far out there to say you know they should be paid especially for bowl games yeah, I think again for these small towns, they say, "All right, we'll pay you five hundred dollar bonus to play in, in the uh, the opportunity bowl, or uh, hey, out of Florida." Tell me, you wouldn't suit up and go play football for five hundred bucks right now? <laughs> I yeah, no, I mean, I'd, I'd play for free, man. I I put on the pads. For free. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I miss running down on kickoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Special no, teams here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say a hero, more more of a contributor. Um, but yeah, no practice squad, practice squad hero. Yeah, practice squad. A former practice squad fullback, all all 175 pounds of me at the time, uh, played fullback because no one else wanted to. But I enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, if if that, I think uh, I think that kind of cements our. Sorry. Got to get away from the cement puns here. <laughs> cement bowls on my mind. I think that seals our discussion here in terms of teams in Hawaii, in terms of FCS ball in Hawaii and um, postseason bowl games or FCS bowl games. Marshall, do you have, do you have anything to say um, before, before we go? I think, you know, you summed it up pretty well. I think the, the key takeaway here is that more football is more is better. More is better. And I think we have touched on that in every podcast, but I just want to say it again, more is better. I will say, keep an eye out. We might be potentially launching a new business podcast within the Between the Spikes podcast network. So keep an eye out for that. We'll let you know. We'll keep you updated. Yeah, exactly. Some exciting stuff happening with our network. Uh, we actually paid for our first ads. We'll see how that goes on the New Mexico State Roundup. Uh, it's only for a week because the prices are kind of steep. And th- this is kind of just a, a free time, enter- just, like, just like a free time enterprise for us. Nothing serious, but we'll see how it goes um but yeah no more football is better but i will say this to the ncaa more football is better when you're not exploiting athletes ncaa you know some food for thought if you watch this ncaa off offices
keep that in mind or else Omar's coming for you. That's a threat. It's a direct threat. <laughs> no, 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 not, not a threat that, that, that might ruin my career um, as cadet and as a, as an officer in the future, but um, j- just a, a stern warning, um, a call, really a call. call. Really? You know, some of us are down bad. <laughs> You know, it's not a threat, but it's a, it's a, it's a call to, uh, it's a, it's a, I guess, ethos, a call to ethos, I guess, to an ethical appeal. It's been a long time since uh, I've studied those appeals. Okay. That, that's, that's all it is, NCA. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. And with that, um, peace, love, and soul, everyone.